Support for this week's episode of Something Positive for Positive People comes from the same supporters from last week's episode, Dating Positives. This is a dating platform that's, again, catered to you, for you to find love, sex, romance, friendship, and community at datingpositives.com. Now, if you remember, I told you guys about the call line that you can call in and let them know what you're hoping for romantically. That number was 833-YES-LOVE, and that's 833-927-5683, where you can leave an anonymous voicemail response and just say what it is that you're looking for for the holiday season. So I thank everyone who contributed to that, and I encourage you guys to continue to do so. Um, we got a really good response here and I'm going to play it for you guys here in a little bit but be sure to go and check out Dating Positives follow them on Instagram check out their Twitter account it's just at Dating Positives and if you don't feel comfortable calling in feel free to just send them a message um, and let them know what it is that you're looking for for this holiday season but here's a clip from a voicemail that someone left and it's very cut and direct and to the point here it is in all honesty, the only thing I'm really hoping for romantically this holiday season is just, honestly, just to get laid. That's what we got here. We're looking at a real dating site with real people, um, with real intentions for this holiday season. So you guys get in there and just join the conversation, call in, let them know what you're looking for, and maybe we'll be able to get your clip uh, played on the podcast on one of the upcoming episodes. So again, that phone number is 833-YES-LOVE. That's 833 833- Nine two seven five six eight three, and don't forget to check out the blog Waxo, which is just resources for sexual health and wellness, and the latest on lifestyle and culture. So give that a shot. Check it out. W a x o h dot com, and the company is datingpositives.com. Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brame, and today I am here with LaToya Don. Something Positive for Positive People is a podcast featuring the experiences of individuals living with or affected by sexually transmitted infections. I want to thank everyone who's subscribed to the podcast, rated, reviewed it, because it's really helping us find more people who are out there and open about their STI status. And I think the more people that we have who are out there and allow themselves to be available for others, the better we can deal with the stigma behind it because we now are able to see more people who are living fulfilling lives despite their STI diagnosis. You go to a Google search and you see the worst of the worst situations, the physical symptoms, you hear about the emotional trauma, the mental trauma that comes with a positive STI diagnosis, but you never really get to hear the positive side. And the reason I'm so excited about today's guest is because, you know, her Instagram page, everything is just positive. And just like I was telling her before we started the podcast, I'm loving the fact that it's motivational, it's uplifting. And only reason I decided to reach out to you was um, I follow the hashtag living with herpes and I saw a motivational quote and I was just like, oh, that's nice. And I looked down, just so happened to skim past the hashtags and was like, wait, life with herpes, what's this got to do with anything here? You actually do have herpes. So what's your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is some things about her. 
I would say it's an open platform. It talks about a little bit of everything. It talks about my life raising kids as a single parent. It talks about going to therapy because I'm a huge proponent of going to see a therapist and just a little bit of everything. I share my life. That's why it's called Some Things because I feel like I'm multidimensional and there's not just one thing about me that you would say, oh, Latoya is this and Latoya is that. No, she likes this. She likes that. You know, so I wanted to make sure that it was a platform that I can share every side of me and not just one side. I love it. Latoya, what is your condition? I was diagnosed with herpes. I have herpes one and two. So when I first found out, it was a little bit of a traumatic experience because at first you go through the denial aspect. For me, it was a lot when I found out. I was in this, it was, I wouldn't even say a relationship. I would say it's a situationship. We were just kind of going through the flow and I thought that maybe this could be a situation where we would grow as a couple, but it didn't end up that way. He wasn't exactly faithful and things like that. And then at the time I was going through my own hormonal issues, so I decided to go see a a naturalist and she did a whole bunch of blood work and things like that and as part of the blood work she did std testing and, and everything else and so when she called me she was like hey i need to let you know that you do have herpes this naturalist just so happened to test yeah. you for herpes yeah they test for everything i don't know what their actual names are but they're they're like the natural medicine type doctors um they don't really believe in the traditional uh, medicating like like you would go to a regular doctor at a clinic or something like that they believe in prescribing pills and things like that they more believe in more the holistic approach so i wanted to do that i wanted to go down a holistic approach to figure out what was going on with me hormonally and things like that so as part of that they do like a gamut of blood work they did allergy tests they did um, of course all the std all my blood tests make sure like my um lymph nodes were working properly all that kind of stuff so, so they can know how to diagnose you so it's thorough it's a thorough appointment <laughs> that's basically what happened um and she called me in and she was like hey I want to let you know and I was like seriously I don't understand you know I've never had an outbreak so for me it was the only way I found out was through testing so um she was just like okay well you're you're fine and I said well what does that mean what does that mean to me and so she was like well you need to let the guy know and I said yeah I'll let him know and then shortly after I found out that I was pregnant so this was over four years ago you got yeah. a triple whammy yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it was kind of like a gamut of things. Of like I was first diagnosed, and I found out that I had herpes. Then I found that I was pregnant with my son, and then the whole situation that I was dealing with with um, his father. So it was just a lot. It was a lot. So I went through. I want to say that was probably my darkest point in my life because I decided that one, I'm not going to date anymore. You know, two, I was like maybe it's better if I'm not here. But at the same time, I think about that standpoint from I have kids, so I have two girls, and I was like if I left them, I would leave them in that kind of thing and so I had to not be selfish in my opinion and I know that suicide and things like that are not selfish it's just in my opinion I felt like I was being selfish by leaving my girls alone knowing that their fathers aren't around so um, I had to get it together I had to snap out of it that was kind of the mindset that I was in when I first got diagnosed it was a lot it was just so traumatic and I just decided that I'm just going to focus on me because obviously I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing and I and I know that I was using sex as an opportunity to connect and that wasn't the, that wasn't the situation I should not have been using sex to, or my body to connect with men because I didn't have that growing up so <clears throat> that's when I realized like I need to stop I just need to take a breather I need to uh, focus on myself because mentally I'm not stable one I didn't trust any guy because I always felt like they were all going to do me dirty and then I don't even know how long I had it I don't even know who I contracted it from 
So when I talked to um, when I talked to the guy that I was seeing, I was like, "Hey, I have to tell you this." I, you know, I let him know, and he basically ran. Even after finding out I was pregnant, even after finding out I was pregnant, he basically ran. So it was just like, you know, that I'm not out there like that. I didn't even know. You know, I've never had an outbreak, so I didn't know. And so it was it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot for this girl to handle. <laughs> yeah. When you said. They tested for everything, the naturalist, they tested for everything. Now, a yeah. lot of people, when we go to a traditional doctor or medical facility and we, we want to be tested for, and I use air quotes, everything, turns out that herpes isn't on there. There are certain things that aren't even considered uh, for testing unless right. you ask for a full panel screening and herpes, I believe. And I'll have to double check that uh, to make sure that that's accurate. But I'm shocked that the naturalist was the one who tested for herpes and oh by the way just so happened to have found it in you and you haven't had any symptoms at all you have no idea when you could have been exposed to it no that's why it was so shocking for me because i was like you know you hear when you when you have herpes that you go through all of these things like you have these painful outbreaks Mm -hmm. you get all these lesions and things like that and for me that wasn't the case i had never experienced any of that and so it was one of those things that am i going to experience it what's going on but then when i went to my doctor my OBGYN, and i told him i said hey you know and they still do blood work then and that's part of the part of their packet is looking at herpes and things like that and i told him i said hey i was just diagnosed with herpes he said okay he said well you never had an outbreak or anything i said no i've never had an outbreak he said that just means you're a carrier he said so we won't treat you for it but just you know if you ever have an outbreak then you let us know i said but for now he said for now you're just a carrier so i had never thought about that you know when you hear carrier you just think about you know these diseases and you're gonna kill somebody from walking around. <laughs> that's what you hear okay with this blood test because i've been wondering this a lot lately and maybe you don't have the answer and i would need to look for a naturalist who can walk us through this i was tested twice for herpes i went in and tested just because i thought i had herpes at one point in time and the results came back negative but i remember okay. the blood test showing that if i were over a particular viral load then that meant i was positive i tested below that viral load but there was still a presence of the virus i still had antibodies in my system which meant at some point i had been exposed to it so i'm wondering if over time do those antibodies multiply and now you test positive or is it after repeated exposure that you collect more antibodies and are considered positive. And even then, at that point of time, because I had antibodies, did that make me a carrier? There's all these questions that I'm coming up with the more I talk to other people about their experience and the more, uh, like, there's so many different tests or so many different ways of finding out. And for you, like, you just so happen, I'm, I'm sure you've gotten tested pretty regularly, right? Mm-hmm. So you've gotten tested, and I'm sure you've said, yeah, test me for everything to your doctors, right? And not one time did any herpes results get mentioned or brought up or come back to you at all. Well, so here's the thing for me. I don't, um, when I date, I usually date someone for a long time. So I didn't even think about it or either I'm single and that kind of thing and I use protection. So, but it just so happened in this situation that... Um, I didn't use protection, and then I didn't know where exactly I got it from because I knew someone that I didn't have protective sex with, so I didn't know if it was them or, you know what I mean? So it was kind of like, who who do I call? Do I call all of my exes and say, hey, (laughs) I'm going to need you to go get tested? And I was like, I don't even talk to half of them. 
So, yeah. so I'm like, I don't even want to put myself in that situation. But at the same time, I was like, I needed to be responsible and responsible to do that. When I do get tested, I say, test me for everything. And okay. that's what I've always been doing. Got it. But I know for a fact that, like you said, herpes is not part of the uh, regular screening. You have to specifically tell them you want X, Y, Z done. And have you gotten tested for herpes prior to that? Uh, Prior to your diagnosis, okay. I don't think if I did, the results are negative. So, because when I said, and at this time, I didn't know until I found out about me having herpes that it was an additional request. Because usually you just go in and say, "Give me STD testing," and that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just need to, you know, I need to find out what my status is, and then you go about your business. You're like, okay, you're good. I'm like, all right, perfect. That's basically what happens. So I've gotten tested after that. Um, and I'm like, look, I need you to test for everything. And I, when I say everything, I mean everything possible because yeah. I don't want to miss nothing. <laughs> right. Nobody does. And it's important for people to realize, like, you have to make sure and ask questions. Ask your doctors questions because I'm seeing that they're going to do what's easiest not necessarily what's in your best interest because after speaking to various people and medical professionals, some doctors, I'm not going to say all, but in the experiences of the people who I've had on the podcast have expressed that doctors have said different things across the board from, oh, you have herpes? Well, if you don't have any symptoms, you're fine. Just use condoms. Uh, You can't spread it if you don't have any visible sores. These are the kinds of things that medical professionals are advising. And even with testing, I have a friend who was in a situation where she was sexually assaulted. However, she also had a longer-term partner, a boyfriend, and she told her ex-boyfriend, obviously not the person who sexually assaulted her, to go and get tested because she found out she had herpes and it was one of those two people. He goes in to get tested because he tells the doctor, hey, I was exposed to herpes, my ex has it, I need to get tested. And the doctor looked at him and just said, oh, well, just use condoms, you'll be fine. So it's like, not only that, but he can't, he's going out into the world like, oh, the doctor said I'm fine. You know, granted, any person who has put some thought into that statement would look up herpes and allow themselves to be educated. Like, oh, if I was exposed to it, I could still have it. Condoms don't 100% protect you from the virus. I could still spread it. Why did this doctor tell me that? And this is one of those situations where ignorance is bliss and you're taking information from a very credible source, the doctor themselves, and acting based on that. So it's not like it's a malicious intent. Just the less you know, the better off you are. So it's like, oh, okay, doctor said, use condoms, I'm fine. I'm going to just use condoms. That is just so crazy to me. And I think that that adds to the ignorance when we see these comments. Personally, I've never experienced it. I've never had anyone come to me and talk down to me because I have herpes and that I'm open about it. But I know I've seen other people. And one of the reasons why I even came out, because my platform being open, honest, unapologetic, I was debating if I even wanted to come out because I have kids. And so it was like, I didn't want my kids to be affected by me coming out and saying I've been diagnosed with this STD. So I had been holding on to it. And then especially with the scandal with um, with Usher, that made me want to come out more because I was like, these people are stupid. Why are you saying these things that you're saying? I said, because you're adding more to the stigma of what herpes is. There's a lot of people that are not going to get tested because now they're afraid 
that they may have it, and then they're just going to continue to carry it and spread it around. We already have millions of people affected with herpes mm-hmm. that don't even know they have it yeah. because they're afraid. The ostrich effect. What amazes me is for people to say, I don't want to know, you're willing, and then especially something that's more deadly. Like herpes isn't deadly, but HIV, AIDS, stuff like that, you know that there could be a situation where you get sick and you gradually, you know, even though they have medicine today, but you could die from it. If you don't catch it. Now we have medicine and things like that that takes care of that, and there's people that are living longer, healthier lives that have HIV AIDS, but it's just the possibility that you don't want to know. That's it. Like you're scared of your own results. Yeah. Yeah. And we should always be willing to hear even bad information, especially about our health, like good or bad, because we we can do something about it. Like we live in an age where fortunately a lot of the diagnoses we receive are treatable. They're manageable. And here we are, you and I having this conversation. Um, I just happen to have been someone who had an outbreak, the flu symptoms and everything. And I'm talking to you, someone who hasn't. And you just knew something was off about your body and you wanted to know what it was. These are just good examples of why it's important to take care of your body, be mindful of it and being open to receiving this kind of information. Like knowledge is legitimately power. And while now we have the responsibility to share this information, it's worth it knowing that we're in this situation rather than finding out later from someone else who's like, you asshole, you gave me herpes, blah, blah. You don't know the stability or the mind state of individuals that you're messing with. And it's just, to me, I think about the big picture. Let's say I was one of those people that I knew I had it. I'm just going to go out there and sleep with whomever because that's just, I just want to, I got infected. So I want everybody else to be infected. You don't know the mind state of the individuals that you're involved with. Someone may try to take your life over something like this. And so you're going to risk your life because you want to be spiteful because someone gave it to you, which that shouldn't be the case. You should just be responsible. You should just be educated. Get educated. Educate others. Let them know it's okay that you can live a normal life with this diagnosis. Herpes is not a death sentence. And that's one of the things that I deal with when it comes to people that are in my inbox. And there's people that are scared to even get tested because they don't even want to know. And it's just like, no, go get tested. You need to know so you know how to treat yourself. And so despite the fact of you being in a relationship or you wanting to date someone, you need to know for your own self. And then you need to sit down and have those conversations. If you're already in a situation with someone, then you say, hey, you need to do your research. This is what I know. So because I think a lot of people, they're already afraid for themselves. So then when they try to have those conversations with someone, they immediately like, well, you're not even secure with this situation. So how am I supposed to be secure with it, you know? And so that's the biggest thing that I tell people is like educate yourself so that when you have those conversations with other people, you can educate them as well. And it won't be so much of a stigma because then you're able to sit down and say, this is what herpes is. This is what herpes is not. This is how it affects me. This is what we can do to try to prevent it. Although it's not preventable, if you're having sex protected, using dental dams and things like that, you can still contract it. But you need to let that person know so that they're willing to accept that risk. It's not fair to people that you involve with if you're not willing to do that. All good points. It's not 100% preventable. It's inevitable that you're going to, at some point, come into contact with someone who 
has tested positive with an SCI. That's almost inevitable. And unfortunately, our education system, well, mine at least, the scare tactics didn't work. Don't have sex, didn't work. Use condoms, didn't work. (laughs) And what wasn't talked about was ongoing communication with your partner, potential partners, and having the sex help talk. No one guided us through having that conversation. And different people that I've had on the podcast have addressed the fact that a lot of the problems we have in society are centered around our views on sex and sexual shame. You look at how men treat women from a sexual perspective, how women treat themselves from a sexual perspective, and same thing with men too. Um, We look at the lines between what is and what isn't consent, and now we've got a lot of sexual assault cases happening, sexual harassments, and a lot of it is just centered around this inability to have the kinds of sex health sex conversations period necessary for us to make better decisions moving forward in our sex lives and and that's one of the things that i try to i don't talk about sex directly because just that's not my platform but what i do talk about is the ability to love yourself because i knew the reason why i was out there the way i was is because i didn't know what it was i didn't know how to love myself i didn't know what love was i didn't i wasn't raised in that environment where um some girls are lucky that they someone tells them they're beautiful every day someone tells them that they love them every day someone tells them that they're worthy every day there's a lot of people that didn't grow up with that and that's part of it has to do with our parents upbringing because they didn't grow up with that either but at the same time that has damaged a lot of us we we need to you okay oh i was just coughing (laughs) (laughs) and trying not to sneeze go ahead i was trying not to sneeze Oh. You'll see I'm, I'm kind of crying a little bit. <laughs> Hold it in. <laughs> we need to figure out how to love ourselves. And once we love ourselves, that way we'll be able to tell people how to love us. And I think that's challenging. And me being 41. No, you ain't. <laughs> yeah, I'm 41. I'll be 42 this year. Fine wine. <laughs> so, but yeah, so was, I'm just now figuring this out. One of my things is trying to reach... You know, the youth, and they're the ones that are primarily out there doing what they're doing. I don't know if you around kids, niece and nephews have kids. So it's just like you see some of the things they're doing, and you're just like, that's not good. That's not, I know you want to live your life, but doing what you're doing is going to set yourself up for this kind of life. Yeah. And you need to be mindful of that. And so that's one of the things that, at least from my perspective, I talk to my girls about, and I'm like, look, just because he's out there trying to give you some don't mean you got to take it. You know what I mean? And there's so much sexualization going on, especially on TV. So you see all these girls and these reality shows where they're just like, sorry, I don't want to go into that rant. No, it's all right. <laughs> it, it's just, it goes to the point of all the sexual uh, diseases being spread around because we're not thinking about that. We're thinking about who can we be with? Who can we this? Instead of focusing on loving ourselves and building that energy. So that's one of the things that I focus on because I didn't have that. And so I want to make sure that people understand this is my journey. My journey is coming from a, not loving myself, fat shaming, coming from being not black enough because I didn't grow up around black people. So always justifying my my blackness and being a biracial child, always justifying if 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 my race is this, then who am I to this? You know, that kind of thing. So it's just people don't realize how much trauma is involved. And then you get to the point when you realize you need to address it. 
and maybe just maybe if I had knew or felt a little bit better than myself, I may not be in this situation. Yeah. We focus so hard on telling people what not to do, don't have sex at all. And we completely overlook the preparation aspect. If you're going to have sex, understand that these are potential consequences. And in the event that you find yourself dealing with any of these consequences, this is how you protect yourself. So is that kind of what you would encourage? Because I don't have any children. And here I am talking to various people. And I'm like, this is the advice that you need to give to your children. Until I'm a parent, I can't say that that's what I would do. But from the perspective I have now and talking to the people that I have, I think that that's a better angle to take. I do agree with you. I think there's a lot of people that don't understand what the consequences are from having sex. They assume that sex is just a feeling. I want that feeling and then I'm just going to be okay after that feeling is over. And then it's not that. There's a lot of emotional trauma that's connected to sex yes it feels good but you're giving your energy to someone you're taking in their energy you're doing a you're accepting a lot of the things that they have dealt with in this interaction so it's one of those things that people need to have those conversations and and i am one of those parents that have those conversations you know like i tell my daughter like if he doesn't want to put a condom on don't have sex with him point blank period i don't care what he has any excuse he has for this situation it's not an excuse don't do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you have to protect yourself. I was like, and if you get into one of those situations where you want to be in a long distance relationship, and I'm a big proponent of me dating in general, if I'm dating someone, let's go get tested. Let's go do this together. And that, because I'm a big proponent on testing, like testing yeah. on everything. I don't care what it is, <laughs> test on genetics. Because my son has sickle cell disease and his dad didn't know he had it, he was a carrier. And you so didn't now my get son tested. is, you know, my, I know my status because I'm aware, but, you know, people don't realize there's so many things that can be tested and to address, not just the STIs, not just all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's one of those things that I tell my kids, I was like, go get tested. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like make it a date, go have some dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but even in, we live in a world where your next sexual partner is a thumb swipe click text away you can arrange a sexual encounter with your thumbs and so are we encouraging people to go get tested like every time they're about to engage in activity with a new partner or what what's enough in the world that we live in you're right that is hard because no one's going to go get tested every single time they have sex i'm thinking from my standpoint oh, yeah. that i don't usually bounce around so for me it's like if i'm having sex with someone it's usually a few months between my next sexual partner right so i'm like i'm gonna go get tested i'm gonna get this so i know exactly what's going on with me but you're right i had never thought about that from this digital world that we're in with dating how do you go about that yeah that's a tough one i've never thought about it because uh yeah where in in dating like it's almost expected or like if you're someone who wants sex and it's accessible now and you're in the moment it's almost expected for sex to happen now yeah. a lot sooner and a lot more casually and people unfortunately will get what they want and then on to the next so there's no real like standard for integrity in terms of being able to say hey I like you. Let's go on a date. We're going to go get tested together and being able to go from there. So one way that I navigated this was I had a long-term sex partner. So we just had sex. We had it in our heads that we were only having sex with each other. As far as I know, this is what we talked about and what we agreed upon set the foundation for that. In the event that 
we found someone else that we were interested in, that we wanted to date, move forward with, and have sex with, we ended it. That allowed me the space to not even have sex on the brain, really, because I already had that meet met, and I was able to go out and date and take women out and hang out and get to know someone on a level beyond just sexually, because it's almost just expected nowadays. So removing that from the table or from the forefront of my mind, at least, allowed me to meet my current girlfriend and we were able to have this conversation early on when was the last time you got tested i got tested this time we'll i'll go again i think that that's probably the best way but then even now like who's to say that my long-term sexual partner was honest in that agreement as well (laughs) so there's really no way the only thing that we can really do is communicate get tested like that's the only way to know it and look at that paperwork because you people are hard to trust now no, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, I have to think about that because that's, I, and I definitely think that's something that should that I should talk about too on my own platform because now I'm really thinking about like, how do you go about that? Because it's not realistic to get tested after every casual encounter. How do you do that? Communication is going to be the best thing. If you communicate and you're saying, hey, I got tested six months ago and we're, so I'm not going to, I'm a, I'm an analyst by trade, so I will analyze this question until I figure it out. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> That's okay. You mentioned energy exchange and changing energy, and you also mentioned, like, growing up not being black enough. As I ventured out of my comfort zone and started to surround myself with different people, different perspectives, thought processes, all of that worked in. So the word energy now has a completely different meaning to me now than it did when I was in middle school or high school. So how were you able to come into a space where you began to explore that and have an understanding of it, like sex being an energy exchange? I think that I've always had some type of inclination regarding that. I just didn't know what it was. I've always been spiritual in the sense, but not at a level that I understood what it was. And so now that I've been taking the time to understand who I am and read and follow things, I now understand it more because I'm learning and I'm becoming more self-aware. So that's how I found out about energy and energy exchange is by trying to be more self-aware of who I am as a person and the energy that I share with people. Because, and I'm also an empath. So when I'm around people and they're just full of negative energy, it drains me. And it's hard for me to be in those type of situations. So as I found out what an empath was and why I was always feeling this way when I was around negative people, it helped me get more connected to that energy as well. So then I'm like, okay, now I understand it. This is where I'm coming from. How do I address it? So I'm still learning. I'm still learning on how to address it. I'm still learning on what that looks like for me um, because everybody is different. And I think that in, in every aspect, we're all just energy. You know, we're a soul that's just living in this body. And then once our body dies, our soul will still remain. So I still, I believe in all of that. So it's just figuring it out for myself. Um, and then with it becoming trendy, there's a lot of information out there and trying to decipher what, what's trendy and what's real. So that's a lot of it too. I like that answer. I like it a lot. Coming out of your diagnosis, we talked about you were in a very dark place. How did you get out of that other than you mentioned that you had to be here for your girls? Is that what kind of led you out of that dark space? No, it was a lot of crying. 
I am an emotional person in general, but it was a lot of crying, a lot of talking, a lot of going to therapy. It was one of those things for me that I had to be by myself because I was in a relationship where I was in, I guess I was in relationships and I was just going into the next one like, okay, this is it, you know, I'm going to be this person. And and I had a lot of past trauma that I wasn't dealing with. And it was, then I would end up putting it on the next person that I was with. And so I had to take the time. I was like, look, I'm not dating anymore because all I keep doing is hurting myself. I'm hurting my kids. I'm hurting um not figuring out who I am. I'm just trying to be this person to be in a relationship. And that was my awakening. It was like, I need to be myself. I just need to be comfortable with who I am and what that looks like. And for people that don't understand that or don't, don't understand me, that's fine. That is fine. I just need to be who I am. My quirky, weird, loud, high pitched I like that so much. And life really isn't about what happens to you. It's about what happens through you. So despite the trauma, the negative experiences, all the crying and things that happen, like, look at what you're doing now. Like, you're being a positive influence on so many other people. You're raising your girls. You're raising your son. You're doing this podcast. This is such a powerful thing for some people. And on this podcast, there's not a lot of diversity, and it's been pointed out to me a few times, and unfortunately, you know, it's just hard to come across minorities in particular who are open to having this kind of discussion, not just about the SCI, but also about, like, the, the spiritual element and her managing emotions and therapy. Like, you know, black people don't like going to therapy. Like, you, you tell us something wrong with us, and we suppress or repress the emotion, and I think that a lot of people can really benefit from learning to express themselves. And like you said, the reading, the asking the hard questions and figuring out who you are and staying true to yourself, that whole element of honesty with who you are and living in that space is where you begin to really experience life as a whole. And I agree. I agree with you 100%. You said a lot of good things. And my experience with people of color and any type of STD, they are ashamed for it. So they don't want they don't want to come out. They don't want to say I have this because they know what society is going to do to them. And my example is Usher. I always fall back to that example. Here he is, a celebrity, someone that makes a lot of money, but they degraded him because he could possibly have herpes. So when it's just like some of the jokes and stuff that were said, and it was just really. He's a black man, and we're just going to sit there and degrade him because we feel like he may have this STD or STI that he could pass on. Yeah. So it's just, I think it's our community in general. Until our community gets comfortable with talking about STDs and and making sure it's known, Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with black families don't talk about sex. That's not one thing that they, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's part of it. I feel like... Our parents weren't taught about sex, so they didn't teach us about sex because it wasn't comfortable. And if they did teach us about sex, it was an ass-backwards way, excuse my French, a way of teaching us about sex. So it is just like, so it's just, it just trickles down. It does. (laughs) This trauma, and then, of course, the sexualizing of it, you know, women the thought that women don't have a body their body is only for their partner and they're only here to please Mm -hmm. him and things like that so those are the things that as women we deal with and then on top of that and we we tie our worth to our sexual ability if we can't please our man then who are we 
What do we do? You know what I mean? And there's so much more to that than having sex with him. Can we please him mentally? Can we please him artistically? You know what I mean? Those spiritually. We don't have to just be this body that they insert. You know what I mean? To add to that, you know, you say, can we please him? Can I please him? But like, what about yourself? It's hard for us to put ourselves first. And I can only imagine for women it being even more challenging because it's like, okay, statistically speaking, there's a lot of single parents out there and you're a single parent yourself. So you have to put your kids first. Everyone else comes before you. But I'm learning now through conversations like this that when you put yourself first, you're able to do so much more for those around you than you would have if it was like, oh, I got to do this for you. I got to do this for them. I got to do that for this person. So I want to encourage people, like just adding on to that, how can your man please you? How can your partner please you as well? This comes with the understanding that you are worth it. This is where that self-love comes in, like self-care and really being able to build yourself up to the woman, the right person or people are going to see you as. And when you're able to live in that space, your truth, your honest self, then everything else just becomes more simple. (laughs) That's just what I find to be true. And I agree. When I became more authentic to myself, or as I say, unapologetically imperfect, as I realized what my imperfections are and that they are part of me, that I became more aware of my triggers. I became more aware of the things that set me in a certain space and and trying to avoid those or trying to heal from those. Those are the things that I became aware of. And I think a lot of people don't do that, especially us that have been diagnosed with some type of STD. We try to say, well, it was their fault, you know, why I was the one that caught this STD. Instead of saying, what was I doing? What was my mind state to put myself in this situation where I didn't love myself enough to possibly protect myself in this situation? I didn't love myself enough to understand that I am more than just something that this man can penetrate. I love myself to the point that I know who I am and I'm comfortable with who I am. And if he doesn't like me for who I am, then so be it. That's just who he is. And and you move on. And that's one of the things that, so I took over a little over four years before I even started dating. And so, well, I, I wouldn't say that. I had people that was trying to talk to me, but I just I knew what they wanted. I knew that I wasn't looking for a sexual situation. I was looking for a relationship. I wanted to be myself, someone I could be comfortable with. And knowing that I can have an open conversation about my diagnosis. I think that I'm fortunate in that situation that it was easy for me to have that conversation. And it was easy for me to say, let's go get tested. It was, you know, those type of conversations. So I'm thankful in that sense. But when it comes to other people, sometimes it's just hard. They don't get it. They immediately run away and and you start feeling like you're carrying some plague with you. And so I have to tell people all the time, if he runs away, he wasn't for you. Or if she runs away, he wasn't for you. He needs to be able to be secure in the fact that you're being honest with him or her and saying, this is my status. You know, I care for you. I want to be with you. But this is the situation. What do you want to know? You know, and those type of conversations. And I think that so many people are scared because they want to be in a relationship. But I know for myself, that's why I was in that dark spot, because I felt like on top of everything else that I was dealing with, I felt like nobody's going to love me. No one's going to love me this tainted 
soul, this tainted person on top of me having children on my own. Um, I have emotional issues. I deal with things differently. I'm really quirky. I'm not a typical black girl. Um, I now I have this STD. No one's going to want me. I I'm fat. No one's going to want me. You know what I mean? So I went through all of that. Here I am raising kids on my own. Now I have a son that I'm raising on my own again. And so it's just, it was a lot. It was a lot, a lot, a lot that I had to process and go through. And some of that stuff still pops up. Don't get me wrong. It still pops up because I don't think, I think it's an evolving process. It It eventually goes away, but it's evolving. You know, you start to work through all of that stuff. But I think that people fail to realize how much their worth is tied to their sexual encounters. Yep. Exactly. Or their ability to be loved. When you love yourself, no one can hate you enough to where you stop loving yourself. Or when you accept yourself, no one can reject you and make you begin to reject yourself. And when you love and accept yourself, you also find that people like that are nowhere to be found. (laughs) So you set a standard for yourself of your friendships, your relationships, and that's where we set the bar going forward. Anybody who doesn't meet that height requirement energetically doesn't get the ride. They don't get the ride to Latoya train. They don't get the ride to Courtney train. So this is a good place for us to wrap up. Um, Before we go, you mentioned your platform a few times, and I wanted to make sure to give you space to talk a little bit about that. So first, I want to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to or reaching out to me so I could talk to you about my platform and also talking about living with herpes and the stigma associated with it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So some things about her is just a a multidimensional platform where I talk about a little bit of everything. There's not one thing that I don't necessarily touch on. My biggest thing is giving back is helping others and I try to do that through storytelling um and I just want people to understand here's my life you know I wanted to be that I want to be that big sister that aunt that friend that I so much needed growing up so I use my platform to be that person for other people I want you know it's just a place for me to inspire motivate and help people be the best version of themselves and accept themselves throughout the process regardless of their STD status or STI status and and just Get the, the nourishment that they need to heal and to live a better life and Thanks. a more unapologetic life. That's the whole thing. Unapologetically imperfect. Know that you're, you're not perfect in all aspects of your being, but you have to be unapologetic about it. You got to own it. That's who you are. Thank you so much. That was very beautifully said. So follow me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> On Instagram, some things about her. So it's something with an S about her. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, other than that, again, thank you. I really appreciate you. Um, I think you have a great platform. There's more people that need to be out there. Hopefully you'll start getting more people of color on here that would be more than willing to tell their stories um, and be just be open about it. Just be open, live your life, and you're not... You're not walking around with a death sentence. That's the main thing I try to tell people. It is not a death sentence. Yeah. We are the most knowledgeable people about this. The people who are living with herpes or any other STI um, because we know how to manage it. And this is what the newly diagnosed people need. This is what uh, people who are going into sex 
<laughs> for the first time early on. Everyone needs this kind of information. They need to know yeah. the inevitability of contracting an SCI and how to be prepared in the event that someone tells you they have one, someone doesn't tell you you have one and you end up with one or you're born with one, whatever the case may be. So thank you again for taking the time to share your experience and just being there for people who don't have anywhere else to go, who think that they're alone. I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. This concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People with Latoya Don, who can be found on Instagram at somethings about her. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Reddit at H on my chest. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to, and share the podcast. The reviews are probably the most beneficial thing that you can do for this podcast. Just leaving that review helps the podcast players promote the show so that more people are able to find it, so that there's more credibility to the show, so that we can get more high-profile guests who are out there about their condition. Please continue to do that, guys. It's really, really helping. Till next time, stay positive.